This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When it comes to turkey hunting, there is a lot of mystique between the shells, shot, and chokes that go into being able to reach out and take a bird at range on the ground. On this episode, we're going to demystify these things and help you have a good, solid, all-round understanding so that you can make informed decisions to help you be successful in the woods. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. I'm your host, George Kanitas, and today we're going to be talking about turkey hunting, shells, shot, and chokes. Now, there's maybe nothing else in the sport of turkey hunting, perhaps other than calls, that has as much said and talked about and debated and misunderstood as this topic of. Uh, this is basically, this is the, the big thing about turkey hunting, probably because in a good turkey hunting season, depending on your state, most people are only going to fire one shot. That is ideal. You go out turkey hunting, whether it's on your first hunt, your 10th hunt, your 20th hunt, you're going to fire one shot that turkey season and take down a turkey. Some states, maybe you can take more than one birds, but for the average new hunter, you're going to take one shot per season. And that one shot, since there's only one, I mean, you know, sure, you might miss and take another shot or, you know, whatever, but ideally you're taking one shot. And that one shot, since there's only one, it, it means a lot to people. So they want to make sure that one shot counts, that they've got the best chances, the best odds for success in that one shot. And there's so much surrounding choke tubes and patterns and shotgun stuff. And, and it, is, it, it just becomes this entire industry because people are fixated on it. You know, when it comes to rifles, if you've got a, a minute, 
you know, minute of angle, one inch group at 100 yards. That's kind of the standard for, for shooting. There's not a whole lot more to it maybe for deer hunting. Yeah, we've done episodes on all the different kinds of rounds and expanding projectiles and this, that, and the other thing. But, you know, most people who've taken a few deer realize just about any bullet at short to medium range is going to work. Turkey hunting, though, there's a lot more mystique behind it because it's not a single bullet. You've got a pattern. You've got a spray of, of, of pellets and you're trying to hit that turkey and the head and neck at maybe 25, 30, 35, 40, maybe even further than that yards and take it down in one shot. And just getting that close to a turkey period is a feat. That, that is, that's the hunt, that's the skill, that's the, the chase is to be able to get that close and then to be able to capitalize on that work and be able to take a bird and bring it home. So, so much goes into this, and I think people absolutely overthink it, but there's also some misunderstanding, lack of information, and just, you know, there's a lot of research to do in order to try to figure out some of these things. So, I'm going to break it down into simple terms, but help equip you with what you need to know to make good decisions so that you can pick the right combinations that are going to be effective and help you find success in the woods. So let's start with shells, turkey shells. Now there are four main kinds, four main categories of turkey shells, um, pretty much across the board for spring turkey hunting, and, and it's basically the same for fall too. Four main categories of shells. So number one, you have target loads. These are the, the shells that you use for clay targets, for just plinking at the range, uh, maybe even use them for small games, shooting at squirrels or rabbits or something like that at, at close range. And people, there's a lot of people in the turkey hunting universe that would not dare walk into the woods with target loads in their gun because it's beneath them. But uh, I got news for you. The cheapest of all cheap target loads will drop a turkey down at 25 yards as dead as anything else, as dead as a, a 10 gauge, three and a half inch magnum, a, a little, you know, Winchester double A or Remington target load or whatever it is. Um, you know, there's so many brands. Most of them are great. Any one of them will drop a turkey just plenty dead at 25 yards. Can't make it any deader than what those target loads are going to do. It's, all you need, it is 100% foolproof and perfect at that range. Now that said, as you go a little further, that's when there, there's potential to, to see some gains from more powerful loads. So you want phase one, you've got target loads. The second type of shells, you've got high brass loads. Now the brass on the shell is the brass ring where the gunpowder is, the propellant. When, that, when, it, when it explodes, that's what pushes the projectiles out of the board. High brass is called that because, you know, instead of there being, um, you know, a quarter of an inch, half an inch, or a quarter of an inch, three quarters of an inch, um, you've got maybe half an inch or, or you know, three-eighths of, or excuse me, half an inch, three quarters of an inch, maybe an inch of brass. You've got a lot more gunpowder. And what that gunpowder is going to do is one of two things or both. 
it's going to push that same amount of shot much faster, or it can push uh, much more shot at the same speed, or what is more often the case, it's going to push a little bit more shot a little bit faster. And any, any combination thereof, you know, just standard physics, more power means you can push more mass at more speed, but you can do a lot more mass and not more speed, or you can do a lot less mass and a lot more speed. You know, that, that's sort of the, the calculation. So instead of maybe a one ounce load, you maybe can, can, you've got a one and a half ounce load. Instead of shooting at 1,100 feet per second, maybe you're up to 1,200 or 1,300 feet per second. I've seen some loads that go up to 1,500 feet per second. Now, these loads are usually labeled something like long range, express, high power, upland bird, pheasant loads. That's sort of what these things are labeled and branded. <clears throat> and of course, they are a full, full chunk up more expensive than your target loads. Uh, so what's going to happen here with this kind of ammunition is you've got more shot, more power, and usually you get more velocity and more shot. So say you had a one ounce of shot, now you're up to one and a half ounce. That's 50% more BBs that are going to be going down range. Now there's a lot to be said here about velocity when it comes to turkey hunting. Um, you know, the people are in every camp. The, the rule of thumb is that you don't need high velocity rounds for turkey hunting like you might for pheasant hunting or waterfowl hunting because when you're shooting ducks or pheasants, they're flying usually away from you or side to side. So you're shooting a moving target. You want that shot to go from your gun to that bird as quickly as possible so you can aim as, as center as you can. You don't have to lead the bird as far. But turkeys walking on the ground don't walk fast enough for the difference between 1,000 feet per second and 1,500 feet per second to make any difference. And for the most part, that's true. And at most ranges, it's not going to make any difference. When you start getting out to long range, though, more velocity will mean less drop. So you won't have to aim high if you're shooting real far. But... New hunters ought not be trying to shoot real far. Um, you know, up to 40 yards, I don't think it matters at all. I don't, I don't know that it makes any significant difference. Beyond 40 yards, drop is, can become something that is noticeable. So if you have higher velocity rounds, theoretically that shot won't drop as far at 50 or 60 yards. But you ought not be shooting turkeys at 50 or 60 yards. And there's a lot of reasons for that. And I'll get into that, more of that a little bit later. But especially new hunters using any regular sort of, of shotgun and, and combinations, um, it's just unrealistic to be trying to shoot birds that far. I've heard so much about people with, you know, they got this super express magnum, whatever, and they shot a turkey at 75 yards. Well, you certainly could. But the odds of you getting consistent kill shots at that range are much lower than you wounding, maiming, or uh, fatally wounding, but giving that bird enough time to fly, run away, hide, and die, and you never find it, and it suffer for hours or days before it happens. It's just not responsible. And to be honest, most people are not a great judge of distance. 
you like say, oh, that's about 35 yards. Yeah, yeah, it might be more like 50, especially, you know, if you've not been doing this very long. So it's better to try to, to only shoot at birds that are within 35 yards, maybe 40 yards. And, you know, if you've got the capability to go a little bit further, then let that be your margin of error. Don't plan to be pu- punching out that far. And I, I can talk more about that in a minute. So but we've got these kind of shells. They are high brass, high power, more shot, and so on. And usually labeled something like express, high velocity, um, you know, maximum power, upland game, pheasants. And uh, of course, a lot of people don't realize that turkeys are upland birds. That's what they are, just like pheasants. Uh, same kind of thing. And those shells will work just fine. The third kind of turkey shells, and of course the Le- the, the price level goes up incrementally with every step. As you have high brass loads that are specifically designed for turkey. They, they have, uh, I don't want to say technology because then it kind of sounds like I'm over-marketing it. But they have features with the shells that are specifically designed for turkey hunting. So what might those features be? Uh, they might have a special buffered, buffered shot. So there's something that surrounds the shot on the outside to help keep it together as it goes down the barrel and then exits the shotgun. And that theoretically can, can lead to a tighter pattern downrange. And of course, I, I failed to mention from the beginning of this episode that the number one thing you're trying to do with turkey loads, with turkey shells, shot, and chokes is have the tightest possible pattern at the range that that you want to be shooting or give you a little bit of margin so that you're able to to hit as many pellets in the kill zone, in the head and neck, and the vital areas of the head and neck on a bird as possible. Completely different than than hunting something like pheasants or bedocks or doves, a bird that's going to be in the air, You've got a large target. You're trying to hit anything. Take out the wings. Um, head is great. You know, shot through the vitals and the body is good. With turkey, you've got a very, very small target. You know, it's the, basically the size of, um, you know, maybe a, a, an Aquafina water bottle, a small one. That's what you've got to put a bunch of pellets into in order to try to knock it down. Because you want to shoot the bird in the head and neck while it's on the ground. And one of the reasons is that turkeys are pretty robust birds. And they have serious feathers. Um, You know, it's really hard to get a kill shot on the body of a turkey at 30 or 40 yards. You would be shocked at how much those pellets are rebuffed by the feathers. Or just they might make it through... But they just don't have enough power left after cutting through the feathers in order to to deal a fatal shot or a fatal shot that's going to take the bird down immediately. So the name of the game is to hit that bird in the head, which is why target loads work just fine because the target is exposed. Shooting them in the body, not going to work. Even high brass loads, not great for shooting them in the body. Um, you know, shooting a turkey in the body should never be plan A. So back to the, the turkey specific loads. So we have target loads, high brass loads, and now we've got turkey loads. So like I said, different features with the turkey loads. There might be a special buffered wadding that holds the, the shot together in the barrel as it goes down to keep it tighter 
so that there's less chance of it bouncing around in the barrel and then opening up too soon. Number two, you've got um, some turkey loads. They have uh, material between the pellets itself in order to keep the BBs from bouncing around inside of the gun and bouncing off each other and deforming. So if you have a, a pellet that is a perfect circle, it's going to fly well. But if it bashes into other pellets or the barrel and deforms because it's lead, lead soft, then you sort of got this oblong kind of thing flying out and it's not going to fly straight. So the pattern can open up more. And, and you're not going to have as tight of a pattern, not going to have as many BBs on target at range. So they'll, they'll often wrap the shot in something or they'll wrap it in something and then put some sort of powder or resin between the BBs that keeps them from bouncing off each other as they go through the barrel. Or they will do uh, different layers of shot of different sizes. So they might have really small shot in the front, medium shot in the middle, large shot in the back. The idea being the small shot is going to open up fast and that'll give you good pattern size at short range and the medium shot and the large shot are going to open up slower and go further and have more power so that'll give you more capability at mid and long range. Does that really work? You know, I don't know. I, I have not seen any compelling research one way or another. I have not personally tested multi-size shot myself. I have tested the others. Um, but it, it's something that you've got to test in your gun in order to see, does it produce good results for you? And when I talk more about shot and choke tubes here, that is a recurring theme. It's that every, every combination is different in every shotgun. So one, one round, one type of ammo and one type of choke tube might work great in one shotgun and not as good in another. So you need to test out of your gun, right? I'm not trying to sell you on any one of these options. It's, you know, to help you have an understanding of the field so you can test them in your gun and find out what works well for you. So you've got target loads, high brass loads, and then you've got turkey loads. And of course the price increases with every level that you go. To, to help give you some context in a normal economy and universe, target loads are, can be somewhere around 20 cents a shot, okay? High brass loads, they end up being more like 50 cents a shot. Turkey loads often end up being more like a dollar a shot, maybe, maybe even $2 a shot. So, uh, you know, you can see that a turkey load might be, you know, 10 times as much as a target load, right? 20 cents to $2 a shot, that, that can be the real difference in price. So uh, also, though, you need to be wary of things that are basically just high brass loads with a turkey sticker stamped on the box, and they just charge you more money for it. Ask why. Why is this a turkey load? What makes this different? than the other stuff that you're selling um, in, in the different box on the same shelf labeled high brass. Uh, I give you, uh, I don't want to talk bad about any particular ammo company, but I know one particular ammo company, they've got long range express loads, and then right next to it, they've got nitro turkey loads. Same shelf right there, 
And uh, they're the exact same load, the exact same bullet, the exact same shell. They're identical. There's nothing different about them. One just has a picture of a turkey stamped on the box. And there's nothing about it that's any different than the other one except it costs more. And it's in a box of 10 instead of 25. And that's what you'll see is uh, the further you go up the scale, the more expensive per round and the smaller a box that they come in so that they don't become astronomically expensive. So target loads, you buy a box of 25, it costs whatever it is, five to $10. For uh, express loads, you get a box of 25, it costs you know, somewhere around maybe $20, 15 to $20. Turkey loads, you get a box of 10 and it costs 10 to $20. So that's the way they do it to you. And then you've got the fourth category, which is your heavy shot. Your heavy shot loads. These are high brass loads that are basically using something like tungsten instead of lead. And the reason why that's an advantage is that tungsten is denser and heavier than lead. So you can have a uh, number nine shot, tungsten, still have more mass, more weight than maybe number four shot of lead. Now, if you're not real familiar with what that means, you can have a little tiny BB have more power than a BB that's much larger. And since it's smaller, there's less wind resistance. So there's less decrease in velocity. So there's more range inherently and more power inherently. And because there's more mass, it carries that energy further, and you're able to have tighter groups at much further ranges. So heavy shot is, is the holy grail of all turkey loads. You can have your cake and eat it too. You can have super fine, and, and of course, the smaller your pellets, the more pellets are in the same case. So you have smaller pellets, many more of them that could hit the turkey, right? Your, your odds improve because you've got many more pellets. Those same pellets have less wind resistance, more power, more range, more velocity, tighter pattern. Um, it is just the best of everything, except price, right? So you went from 20 cents around to 50 cents plus around to a dollar to $2 around. Heavy shot is often upwards of $10 around. Could be a little more, could be a little less. But, you know, you're shooting tungsten. And, of course, it's going to come in boxes of five. And those boxes of five are going to be somewhere between $30 and $60, depending on what type and what brand and what company and what economy and all those things, where you buy it, what the sale is, yada, yada, yada. But you're, you're closer to $10 around now. And you need special choke tubes that are able to hold up heavy shot because those tungsten loads, lead soft tungsten's heavy, a weak choke tube can either be cracked or it can wear out by shooting tungsten through it. So you can have an unsafe situation. So that's sort of the way that plays out. You have your cheapest option, which is great for short range. You've got high brass, which give you a little bit more range, give you a little bit more pattern, or give you a few more BBs so to help your odds. You've got your turkey loads that are sp specifically engineered to help you have a little bit tighter pattern at range. And then you've got your, uh, your heavy shot loads that, you know, technology is, is, you know, giving you the best of every world except price. 
So then the question becomes, which one is best for you? I can't answer that, what's best for you. If you're a new turkey hunter, I would recommend you start, you test high brass loads. You test high brass loads first and see what kind of patterns you get at different ranges. Um, you know, I'd like to say, you know, the best way to go is the cheapest and it certainly can be if you're on a budget, if you're, if you want to get them close, real close and you're fine with that, they won't let you down. But I think high brass loads is probably the ideal place to start. Give you that extra power, give you some extra shot, give you some extra margin is what it is. You still want to get turkeys close, but it gives you some extra margin. Do you need to pay to go to the turkey loads? Uh, I would test the ones that are a little cheaper first, see how those work. And if you're happy, then you're happy. If you if you want to maybe get a, try get some more performance at 40 yards plus, then you can try the more expensive ones. Do you need to go for tungsten loads? I would say no. I would say absolutely not. I myself, I use the uh, I use the special turkey loads. I think the ones I buy end up being like a dollar fifty a bullet, or excuse me, a dollar fifty a shell. Um, at the end of the day, because I usually get them on sale, I rarely ever pay full price. But they're a dollar fifty to two dollars, depending on what the what the price is that day. To me, two bucks to shoot a turkey is not bad. But where it really comes in is practicing. It's patterning your shotgun. It's going to the range before turkey season, and you know, shooting a few shells at different range getting in practice, getting used to it. You know, I might not shoot more than five shells practicing before turkey season. That might be all I do. So that's 10 bucks worth of ammo. But uh, if you start talking about heavy shot, five shots out, you know, you might spend 50 bucks practicing and then 10 bucks per turkey. To me, where I'm at financially, that just, that just doesn't make sense. That is just too much money to spend per bullet, you know, it's just not worth it. It's just, and then when you're sighting in a new, um, you know, new combination, new gun, new choke tube, new barrel, new whatever it is, you got to try different ranges. You might need more than five shots. So you're going to spend a hundred dollars on heavy shot tungsten ammo just to practice. And then another $10 per turkey, assuming you never miss. And you know, if you do miss, you're gonna shoot a second shot. And if and if you miss the second shot, I almost guarantee you you're gonna shoot the third one just because it's there. So then, okay, say you miss a turkey, that could be 30 bucks. I'm like, oh man, that's that's pricey. Whereas with the with the stuff that's a little bit down, like you know, even your Winchester Longbeard XR super high-end stuff, two at two dollars a box, two dollars a shot. Okay, so you shoot three shots and miss, that's six bucks. Well, all right, you might go a whole season try to get a turkey close enough to shoot at them. Six bucks is is not a huge loss there, but thirty bucks is man, that's tough. So you know, it part of it's just about where you are financially. Some people say, well, you know, you work all season to try to get a bird close enough, so you should use the best shot possible, the best rounds possible. $10 a round is not too much money after all the time and work and all the other gear you buy. 
That's what you should do. You could sell me on that philosophy, except for the practice. You know, you you, you got to practice. You, you, you have to. Every year you should be practicing. You need to take a few shots at a few different ranges and just, you know, just get that practicing up. And uh, that's just too expensive for me. It might not be too expensive for you. If, you know, I'm not saying, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what your situation's like, but I'm recommending you go with the, go with the regular high brass rounds, the test, paying 50 cents to a dollar per shell. And uh, you know you can you can do plenty of testing for five and ten bucks, and you can pay fifty cents per shot out of turkey. And to me, that's a great place to start and work your way up from there. All right, so we got our four categories of shells: target loads, high brass, turkey loads, and heavy shot. Now we've got the shot size itself. What size shot should you use for turkey hunting? Well, conventionally, there are three main sizes that people use. Number six, number five, and number four. In some states, you can shoot bigger, bigger shot. You could do number two shot. And of course, the smaller the number, the bigger the shells, or excuse me, the bigger the, the pellets. And I don't have time to go into the reason why, but Google it. There's, there's plenty of great videos that explain that. Um, but the smaller the number, the bigger the pellet. So... You've got number four shot, you've got number five shot, you've got number six shot. In some states, like I said, you could shoot number two shot, maybe even BB shot, which is really big. Um, you know, some people with tungsten loads, maybe they'll shoot seven and a half, eight, even nine shot, maybe even 11 shot with tungsten. So you're talking really small BBs. Now with lead, you shoot number nine shot with lead, they're just not gonna have enough power at 30 yards, 40 yards to, to give you that consistent kill power. Because the shot's so small and it's so light, it's just gonna slow down, wind resistance, there's not gonna be enough energy on impact. That might work for shooting doves out of the air because they're flying, they've got wings, they're very frail. But turkey, you gotta punch through significant mass of tissue in order to have a kill shot. So, Typically, you don't go... Typically, you're between number four and number six. That's that's the way that, you know... That's just the, the, the way it usually is. So, which one's better? Well, number six shot, you have a little bit smaller pellets and you have more of them. Number four shot, you have bigger pellets, not quite as many. Number five, right in between. What I recommend you do is go with the ones that are on sale. That's... That's pretty much it. Um, you know, when I go shopping for turkey ammo, I, I'll look at, uh, you know, the, the, the turkey rounds, the ones that are a dollar to two dollars a shell, and I'll see what's on sale. And if number four's on sale, I'll buy number four. If number six is on sale, I'll buy number six. I don't know that it makes enough difference to really matter. Now, if I get to pick and say, okay, I have all the options, I can, I can pick any size I want. They're all there. They're all on sale. I probably lean towards number five or number six. I just like the idea of having a few extra pellets in there, even though they're a little smaller. To you know, Every, every extra pellet is another extra chance to, to hit a vital area. So you know, number four is maybe a little better at a little, at a little more range, maybe, but 
I think five and six is is the way I tend to lean. The way you go is completely up to you. You know, if you can shoot two shot, just know you're going to have significantly fewer pellets, but they're going to be much bigger. Typically, number two shot is used for geese hunting, shooting geese out of the air at at significant range. Uh, But again, you don't need to have great pattern density shooting geese because they're a big target with their wings open. So you can clip a wing relatively easily versus a turkey head which is the size of a soda can so you're you're you know there's different methodologies there so i usually like to have a few more pellets and that's kind of uh that's my preference but i would test them i've seen i've seen with the same choke and the same barrel number four shot pattern better than number six shot more pellets in the kill zone tighter pattern at range why it's just the way it is. Just like with with rifle shooting, you know, one gr- you know, a tenth of a grain, a half a grain difference of powder can make the difference between accurate and not accurate for that particular load. There's so many variables. So a lot of it depends on your gun, on your choke, and your barrel. Which leads us right into choke tubes. So what is a choke tube? A choke tube is basically an insert that screws into the end of the barrel that constricts the BBs that are coming out. So wide open choke tube, cylinder bore, what it's usually called for a 12 gauge shotgun is something like 0.73 inches. That's usually how it's measured, 0.73. That's basically open, pass through. There's no constriction essentially. So it just goes right out. You bring it down to what they call modified, which is a little bit of constriction. Well, maybe a little more significant amount of constriction, give you a little tighter pattern at range. So you're going from 0.73 to 0.71. Okay, so two tenths smaller, 0.73 to 0.71. Of course, there's other levels in between there, but for time's sake. So that's going to give you a tighter pattern. That's a great one to shoot if you're going after... Uh, birds that are flying, if you're going after pheasants, if you're going after ducks, if you're shooting doves, a lot of people like to pick modified for that, even clay target shooting. Gives you a little extra range, a little more pattern density at range. Uh, If you're trying to shoot something really close, then you might want cylinder bore, you might want improved cylinder, something with not as much constriction so the pattern opens up quicker and you're able to get more pellets out there scattered at super close ranges. So you got a cylinder, you've got modified, then you bring it down another tenth. So you had 0.73, 0.71 is modified, 0.70 is considered a full choke. So 0.70 is full. That's that is back in the day that was considered a lot of constriction. Um, that would give you the tightest pattern at range. It's been a long time though since since those days. So you go from 0.7, then you go down to 0.69. Another tenth is extra full. So that's going to give you tighter still, extra full. You can go down from there one more tenth from 0.69 to 0.68, and that's usually where you get the turkey designation. You know, if you go to Carlson's choke tubes, they're one of the big players that are out there. And you go to their website and they've got all different kinds of choke tubes for just about everything you could imagine. Pick your gun. 
and they're going to show you all the different sizes for all the different choke tubes that they carry on their chart and they're, you know, they're one of the leaders in the industry. You know, you go to 0.68, which is the turkey designation. And that's what's going to give you that much tighter pattern at range because you're you're squeezing the sh the 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 pellets as they come out the barrel to tightening them together, keeping them close together, and then they, they expand at a slower rate coming out. Now, I have seen lots of choke tubes that were labeled turkey choke tubes, but they were full. They were 0.7 or they were extra full. They were 0.69. They were not quite down to turkey level, but they had a turkey sticker on them. And oftentimes the packaging doesn't even tell you what the constriction is. They're just uh, going on marketing and, and hope. So you, you want to be careful. You want to know the numbers. You want to know that it's at least 0.68. That's what you want for a turkey choke tube. There's a thousand companies that make them. There's plenty of them out there, but you want 0.68 or smaller. That's ideal. Of course you can hunt with a full. You can hunt with extra full. You can hunt with modify. It's just going to be a matter of what kind of range are you able to, to keep a tight pattern at. So I recommend you go 6.8 or smaller. Now it goes down further from that. It doesn't end there. That's not the bottom. That's the beginning of the turkey range. So it goes down from 0.68 to 0 0.67, 0 0.66, 0 0.65. I have even seen turkey choke tubes all the way down to 0.64 which if you ask me is a little bit excessive. Uh, I don't know that you're really getting, I think you might be hitting diminishing returns in there somewhere. But I'd say 0.68 is, is great. 0 0.67, 0 0.66, somewhere in that range. That's ideal. That's what you want to get for a turkey choke tube. Um, it's You want to make sure though also that your choke tube is matched for whatever kind of ammo you plan to shoot. So some choke tubes, they say you cannot shoot heavy shot. You cannot shoot tungsten. Lead shot only. Some will say lead and steel. Some will say lead steel and tungsten. And usually the price reflects how many of those it'll work with. So softer metals, less heat treat, less thickness, all that stuff. Um, those are cheaper to produce. Those will work fine for lead shot, but tungsten could damage them. So you need a higher end, you know, stronger metals, thicker metals, all of that to be able to handle tungsten. So just make sure whatever you buy matches what you plan to shoot. To me, lead is all you need for a turkey choke. Um, you know, that's, that's all I need. But if you want to shoot heavy shot, make sure you get a choke tube that'll handle that. You want to, you want to, you know, or if you just want to give yourself the option down the road, you know, of course, anything that will handle heavy shot will also handle steel and lead. That's just a given, you know. So if you want to pay a little bit more for a choke tube just to give you the, the option down the road, then go for it. The other thing to keep in mind is don't think a choke tube is a one purchase, one and done thing. Okay, I got my turkey choke, I'm set. Well, like I said, that turkey choke might not work great with your ammo in your gun. So get that choke, test it with a few different ammos, few different loads, few different sizes of shot, few different brands. 
and then until you find one that you are satisfied with. If you don't, you might need to try a different choke tube. You might need to try a different combination. Um, you know, maybe your barrel's too short. That's another thing. It's popular to go out with short barrels these days. 22 inch shotgun barrel, 24 inch. When a 28 inch is going to give you more power. It's going to give you more velocity in most cases um, with high brass. So, you know, you're sacrificing a little bit of velocity to have a shorter barrel. So you have a little less weight. It's easier to take that and swing it and and not get it caught on trees and stuff, it's a trade-off. You gotta pick kind of what you wanna do with that, but be, be advised, that's gonna affect pattern. And you can't always know exactly how it's going to affect pattern. You know, a 24 inch barrel with a certain choke tube and ammo and your gun might pattern better than a 28 inch, it's possible. So there, there's no guarantees there. Um, we know that barrel length affects velocity to a degree, but when it comes to pattern and choke tube, you have to test. And how do you want to test it? Here's what I recommend. Go to the store. Um, you know, uh, February and March is a great time to do this. And buy calendars. De those desktop calendars. You know the ones that are like three feet by two feet? By this point of the year, they're usually super cheap. They're on clearance. All you really need though is big paper. You want a big piece of paper. It's a few feet in each direction. A regular target's not quite enough. You want to get a big piece of paper, put it on a target stand, put a, an X or circle in the middle of it, and shoot that thing from 20 yards, 30 yards, 40 yards, maybe even 50 yards. One shot per paper. And then see how dense, see where those pellets go. See what the density is. Maybe you want to stick a turkey target on top of that and aim for the turkey target and you can see how many pellets you're getting in the kill zone. But you want this bigger paper, maybe taped over some cardboard, so you can see where are the pellets going, where's my pattern. Is the pattern high, low, to the left, to the right? How dense is it? How wide does it go? You know, an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper won't tell you all of that. It'll just tell you if you got pellets in the kill zone which is not enough if you're you're trying to pattern a new new rounds to a new gun and really understand what's going on. You know, you might not get many pellets in the kill zone because your gun's patterning high, but you don't know that cuz all the pellets hit above the paper. So if you don't have more paper, you'll just never know what's happening. So you just want some big paper that you can put up there, a few feet by a few feet, and so you can really see what that pattern's doing. And then that'll let you know what your what your setup is capable of and if you're happy with it. Now, I bought, full disclosure, a nice expensive choke tube. And then I got another mid-grade one on clearance sale that was like 15 bucks, And they're almost identical in pattern. Almost identical. The more expensive one with the ammo that I'm using is slightly better, so I use that. But the cheaper one that I got for 10 or 15 bucks, you know, that would have worked had I not bought the more expensive one. But I've known read reviews and other people have said, well, you know what, that same choke tube was garbage for them. Well, it just depends. It depends on the, the setup. So you, you really want to do some testing, which is why I don't recommend you start with the really expensive ammo because then the testing really costs money. Whereas you can do different testing with cheaper ammo. You could be out there for a half a day and only spend 15, 20 bucks and, you know, try five or 10 different kinds of ammo maybe. So 
that's sort of the, the overview of it and uh, the different factors and things you want to keep in mind. All those numbers, of course, change with choke tubes for a 20 gauge or a 16 gauge because the size of the barrel is different, so the constriction is going to be different. So those are just numbers for 12 gauge. And of course, you can Google that. You can, you can look for all that stuff and, and find that information out there. So I hope this information has been helpful to you guys. I really want to encourage you to please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Uh, there's no better way that I'm aware of to get this podcast in front of more people than leaving five-star reviews with comments on iTunes. I don't need the positive reinforcement, but that affects the, the algorithm in iTunes, in Apple Podcasts, excuse me, that determines, you know, where does that, who sees that episode, who sees that podcast, you know, where does it pop up in search results and all those things. Um, and of course, subscribe to the podcast and share it with people. But to leave reviews really helps us out. So please do that. Head to the website, newhuntersguide.com. Check out the show notes. Lots of other episodes on turkey hunting and lots of other kinds of hunting. And until next time, God bless you guys and go get them in the woods. <laughs>